welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for everyone everywhere, all over the world. And if that be sincere and true for each and every one of us, then those higher qualities will naturally radiate from our beings, the spirit of love and light dominating every thought and action of our existence. However, if it be not true, and many claim falsely, then just as well will a deceptive spirit reveal one's corrupted character in every thought and action of their existence. This is certain in all aspects of life, be it personal, professional, social, or governmental, as is constantly proven in this country and the world over and over and over again. The sincere individuals filled with love, joy, and compassion for everyone will come to experience an expansion of love, light, and consciousness beyond their own comprehension, representing their own mighty I Am presence for the benefit of themselves and the collective. While the deceptive spirits, those ones exhibiting a lack of those higher qualities for any of the children of the living God, but yet claim otherwise, and instead choose the darkness of hate, immorality, injustice, and corruption, will come to rue the day that they misrepresented their very own life stream, their mighty I Am presence. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life. Y'all be loved. This is the spirit of infinite wisdom and in the degree that we open ourselves to it does the highest wisdom manifest itself to and through us. We can in this way go to the very heart of the universe itself, and find the mysteries hidden to the majority of mankind, hidden to them, though not hidden of themselves. In order for the highest wisdom and insight we must have absolute confidence in the divine guiding us, but not through the channel of someone else. And why should we go to another for knowledge and wisdom? With God is no respect of persons, why should we seek these things second-hand? Why should we thus stultify our own innate powers? Why should we not go direct to the infinite source itself? If any man lack wisdom let him ask of God. Before they call I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. When we thus go directly to the infinite source itself we are no longer slaves to personalities, institutions or books. We should always keep ourselves open to suggestions of truth from these agencies. We should always regard them as agencies, however, and never as sources. We should never recognize them as masters, but simply as teachers. With Browning, we must recognize the great fact that truth is within ourselves. It takes no rise from outward things, which here you may believe. There is an inmost center in us all where truth abides in fullness. There is no more important injunction in all the world, nor one with a deeper interior meaning, than to thine own self be true. In other words, be true to your own soul, for it is through your own soul that the voice of God speaks to you. This is the interior guide. This is the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. This is conscience, 
This is intuition. This is the voice of the higher self, the voice of the soul, the voice of God. Thou shalt hear a voice behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. When Elijah was on the mountain it was after the various physical commotions and manifestations that he heard the still, small voice, the voice of his own soul, through which the infinite God was speaking. If we will but follow this voice of intuition, it will speak ever more clearly and more plainly, until by and by it will be absolute and unerring in its guidance. The great trouble with us is that we do not listen to and do not follow this voice within our own souls, and so we become as a house divided against itself. We are pulled this way and that, and we are never certain of anything. But someone says, may it not be dangerous for us to act always upon our intuitions? Suppose we should have an intuition to do harm to someone? We need not be afraid of this, however, for the voice of the soul, this voice of God speaking through the soul, will never direct one to do harm to another, nor to do anything that is not in accordance with the highest standards of right and truth and justice. And if you at any time have a prompting of this kind, know that it is not the voice of intuition, it is some characteristic of your lower self that is prompting you. Reason is not to be set aside, but it is to be continually illumined by this higher spiritual perception, and in the degree that it is thus illumined will it become an agent of light and power. When one becomes thoroughly individualized he enters into the realm of all knowledge and wisdom, and to be individualized is to recognize no power outside of the infinite power that is back of all. When one recognizes this great fact and opens himself to this spirit of infinite wisdom, he then enters upon the road to the true education, and mysteries that before were closed now reveal themselves to him. This must indeed be the foundation of all true education, this evolving from within, this evolving of what has been involved by the infinite power. All things that it is valuable for us to know will come to us if we will but open ourselves to the voice of this infinite spirit. It is thus that we become seers and have the power of seeing into the very heart of things. There are no new stars, there are no new laws or forces, but we can so open ourselves to this spirit of infinite wisdom that we can discover and recognize those that have not been known before, and in this way they become new to us. When in this way we come into a knowledge of truth we no longer need facts that are continually changing. We can then enter into the quiet of our own interior selves. We can open the window and look out, and thus gather the facts as we choose. This is true wisdom. Wisdom is the knowledge of God. Wisdom comes by intuition. It far transcends knowledge. Great knowledge, knowledge of many things, may be had by virtue simply of a very retentive memory. It comes by tuition. But wisdom far transcends knowledge, in that knowledge is a mere incident of this deeper wisdom. All about us we see men in the religious world, in the world of science, in the political, in the social world, who through intellectual pride are so wrapped in their own conceits and prejudices that larger and later revelations of truth can find no entrance to them, and instead of growing and expanding, they are becoming dwarfed and stunted, and still more incapable of receiving truth. Instead of actively aiding in the progress of the world, they are as so many dead sticks in the way that would retard the wheels of progress. This, however, they can never do. Such always in time get bruised, broken, and left behind, while God's triumphal car of truth moves steadily onward. Amusing is the man who voluntarily closes himself to truth because, forsooth, it does not come through conventional, or orthodox, or heretofore accepted channels, or because it may not be in full accord with, or possibly may be opposed to, established usages or beliefs. On the contrary, let there be many windows in your soul, that all the glory of the universe may beautify it. 
Not the narrow pane of one poor creed can catch the radiant rays that shine from countless sources. Tear away the blinds of superstition, let the light pour through fair windows, broad as truth itself and high as heaven. Tune your ear to all the worldless music of the stars and to the voice of nature, and your heart shall turn to truth and goodness as the plant turns to the sun. A thousand unseen hands reach down to help you to their peace-crowned heights, and all the forces of the firmament shall fortify your strength. Be not afraid to thrust aside half-truths and grasp the whole. In Tune with the Infinite, by Ralph Waldo Trine, 1910 Isis Unveil, Chapter 13 It is erroneous to speak of a medium having powers developed. A passive medium has no power. He has a certain moral and physical condition which induces emanations, or an aura, in which his controlling intelligences can live, and by which they manifest themselves. He is only the vehicle through which they display their power. This aura varies day by day, and, as would appear from Mr. Crook's experiments, even hour by hour. It is an external effect resulting from interior causes. The medium's moral state determines the kind of spirits that come, and the spirits that come reciprocally influence the medium, intellectually, physically, and morally. The perfection of his mediumship is in ratio to his passivity, and the danger he incurs is in equal degree. When he is fully developed, perfectly passive, his own astral spirit may be benumbed, and even crowded out of his body, which is then occupied by an elemental, or, what is worse, by a human fiend of the eighth sphere, who proceeds to use it as his own. But too often the cause of the most celebrated crime is to be caught in such possessions. Physical mediumship depending upon passivity, its antidote suggests itself naturally. Let the medium cease being passive. Spirits never control persons of positive character who are determined to resist all extraneous influences. The weak and feeble-minded whom they can make their victims they drive into vice. If these miracle-making elementals and disembodied devils called elementary were indeed the guardian angels that they have passed for, these last 30 years, why have they not given their faithful mediums at least good health and domestic happiness? Why do they desert them at the most critical moments of trial when under accusations of fraud? It is notorious that the best physical mediums are either sickly or, sometimes, what is still worse, inclined to some abnormal vice or other. Why do not these healing guides, who make their mediums play the therapeutists and thaumaturgists to others, give them the boon of robust physical vigor. The ancient thaumaturgist and apostle, generally, if not invariably, enjoyed good health, their magnetism never conveyed to the sick patient any physical or moral taint, and they never were accused of vampirism, which a spiritual paper very justly charges upon some medium healers. H. P. Blavatsky If we apply the above law of mediumship and mediatorship to the subject of levitation, with which we opened our present discussion, what shall we find? Here we have a medium and one of the mediator class levitated, the former at a seance, the latter at prayer, or in ecstatic contemplation. The medium being passive must be lifted up, the ecstatic being active must levitate himself. The former is elevated by his familiar spirits, whoever or whatever they may be, the latter, by the power of his own soul can both be indiscriminately termed mediums? But nevertheless we may be answered that the same phenomena are produced in the presence of a modern medium as of an ancient saint. Undoubtedly, 
And so it was in the days of Moses, for we believe that the triumph claimed for him in Exodus over Pharaoh's magicians is simply a national boast on the part of the chosen people. That the power which produced his phenomena produced that of the magicians also, who were moreover the first tutors of Moses and instructed him in their wisdom, is most probable. But even in those days they seem to have well appreciated the difference between phenomena apparently identical. The tutelar national deity of the Hebrews, who is not the highest father, forbids expressly, in Deuteronomy, his people to learn to do after the abominations of other nations. To pass through the fire, or use divination, or be an observer of times or an enchanter, or a witch, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a necromancer. What difference was there then between all the above enumerated phenomena as performed by the other nations and when enacted by the prophets? Evidently, there was some good reason for it, and we find it in John's first epistle, 4, which says, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. The only standard within the reach of spiritualists and present-day mediums by which they can try the spirits, is to judge one, by their actions and speech, two, by their readiness to manifest themselves, and three, whether the object in view is worthy of the apparition of a disembodied spirit, or can excuse anyone for disturbing the dead. Saul was on the eve of destruction, himself and his sons, yet Samuel inquired of him, Why hast thou disquieted me, to bring me up? But the intelligences that visit the circle rooms, come at the beck of every trifler who would while away a tedious hour. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 14 Beloved of my heart, let us enter tonight into that deeper understanding of life that feels from the heart of creation, the power of that cosmic Christ love within life that is the immortality of the universe, that is the strength and power to do anything, and that is the perfect design of all life's perfection. Tonight, if you will come with me on a journey, I will give you a bird's eye view of what it means to watch the humanity of Earth over a long period of centuries, again and again and again choose suffering. Long have we waited for this cycle to come in, wherein we could set aside the destructive use of the free will of mankind in this world enough to force the removal of the accumulated destruction and viciousness that has been imposed upon the powers of nature and imposed upon life in this world. This is truly a schoolroom of existence, and of course I need not tell you it's rather strenuous. But it has been strenuous for a long while, and now we see the dawn breaking in the east. We see the dawn of the new day of the violet consuming flame. May you dwell within its sunshine presence, and entering into the great powerhouse of the universe, the power of transmutation, wherever you abide, call it into outer physical conditions and transmute everything you contact into something better, just for the sheer joy of doing it. Because when you can learn to give the perfection of life everywhere just for the joy of giving it, there will come into your outer use the onrushing perfection and cosmic flow of that which is to come into outer manifestation to fill the world, to fill you, and to be the raising power that ever raises all manifestation to greater and greater perfection. Beloved Elohim Cyclopea I think sometimes you lose sight of the action of life. Because of your desire for something, you live in the future, or at least the contemplation of the future, in that intense feeling of desiring what you want. I would have you live in the eternal now, with the constant acknowledgement and demand and command and protection of perfection made manifest now. 
This will give you some understanding of what it means to set aside the action of time and space. As you recognize that there is no time so far as cosmic manifestations are concerned, and that time and space are but a mental concept, I would have you tonight, step through into our Ascended Master's concept of life's instantaneous action to our calls, and our commands to our love, to our power to which there is no resistance. Then, when you desire something that is the fulfillment of the great divine plan, you will find it coming instantly into being, into existence for your use. Then you will understand what it means to fill your beings and worlds with such happiness, such joyous acknowledgement of the mighty I am presence present with you and all of its release of its powers into your outer use, that you will understand that you may have it anything and everything, so long as it be constructive and you have a right use for it, a constructive use for it. The mighty I am presence and the ascended host not only are willing to release it, but it is ever flowing, seeking an opening through which it may be released into outer action. So, your desire in your feeling world, when your desire is your love to your beloved I am presence, and your desire for its presence of perfection in you and in the world around you is your constant feeling, it will not be long until your world takes on the perfection of the presence because its desire, if allowed to flow through you without obstruction, would bring you such happiness and would release such power into your outer direction that you would simply fill your daily activities with those manifestations of the great gifts of cosmic Christ love that you would flood into the outer world, for the sheer joy of manifesting it. Beloved Elohim Cyclopea. Thank you.